This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Rin, who during her near-death experience learned about her pre-birth plan and then had a life review, which we'll learn about today. Ren, thank you for joining me and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you. And if you don't mind, let's start with your NDE. And if you have a little backstory, then include that too. So I had had surgery to have my gallbladder removed, and there was a very rare complication that occurred during the surgery. Um, The doctors were not aware of the complication, however, uh, because I had excessive bleeding. So they weren't able to see that they had severed my bile duct. So um, I got sent home, and the following two days was kind of me Um, in bed, writhing from pain. Um, And I had, I had some pretty intense experiences out of body during that time, because the pain was so severe and intense, that it was kind of the only way that I could cope. Um, So that was kind of my first experiences with astral traveling, which I didn't know what it was at the time. But Um, It just kept kind of kept getting worse and worse, um, the pain level. And I was um, running a fever and there was obviously something really wrong. Um, So it got to the point where I was suffering so, so much that I called out to God for help. And it was the most like pure hearted, um, cry for help that I had ever given. Um, I, I, I just, I had my whole heart in it. I was begging God, please, please help me. And when I sent that prayer out, I, um, I was actually like transported to another place at that time where I, I felt like I was standing kind of at the edge of a cliffside and I could see water um, down below kind of crashing against the banks and there was a sunset and I was totally out of pain. I was um, like in a light body, I guess, uh, form. And there was this huge angel that appeared to me. kind of coming down from the sky and it was enormous being of light. And, um, I do actually remember what the being looked like. It, it looked, it looked like a classic angel with huge wings and, um, a flowing garment that was white and had a, a gold sash, uh, around the waist. 
Um, but it wasn't solid. It was kind of see-through. Uh, definitely did not have a gender um, and had golden hair. And the eyes of this being looked like galaxies inside the eyes. And it just drew me in. And the angel communicated with me, but it was nonverbal. It was, um, I guess, kind of telepathic telepathy um what the angel did was it was like this big ball of light that was being passed to me and there was this message that came to me that said remember who you are remember why you came here and I had this feeling of like familiarity and this remembrance and it was like this euphoric feeling and then it ended and I was back in my body so that was a pretty profound experience I had never encountered angels um oh and also it conveyed to me that its name or what it was known as the energy was called Gabriel and I had never heard that name before um, but it stuck with me. So um, then I was back in my body, uh, but I was definitely in a more expanded state. Um, and my grandparents actually appeared to me in my room. Um, I have two sets, sets of grandparents on the other side. And they were there in my room with me. And it was so amazing because they... They looked like they were in their early 30s, like they were in their prime and they were so happy and peaceful. They didn't talk to me, though. They were just standing there um, and it kind of felt like they were uh, kind of there to usher me somewhere. Um, it felt like they were there for a reason. And at that time, my mom had called me and I was telling her, your parents are here. I can see grandma and grandpa and I want to go with them. And so that's when she was went into full panic mode and immediately came over to my house, picked me up, took me to the ER. Um, she was afraid that I was going to die. So I went to the emergency room and... Um, they did a bunch of tests, found out what was wrong with me and, um, scheduled me for an emergency, uh, surgery, but they couldn't get me in until the evening. So I had to continue to suffer. Um, and they weren't able to give me pain medication because my, um, blood pressure and heart rate was so low that I guess they weren't able to. And I'm just adding that in because, I know I would have thought listening to this story, oh, maybe it was drug induced, um, but I, it couldn't have been because I had no pain pill. I had nothing um, except for antibiotics and saline. So I was kind of um, in and out of consciousness um, when I was in the ER, uh, but it was really interesting because I felt like I was trying to leave my body again to kind of get away from the pain. But there were, uh, the, there was this energy there that was different than my home. 
And there were, um, I don't know what else to call them, but entities. Uh, and it felt like also some disembodied human souls that had maybe passed at the hospital. And they were it, kind of all around me. And I would have these like really scary images pop into my mind. Um, and like, I felt like they were trying to scare me. It was almost like, I felt like this battle going on. Uh, it felt like they were trying to tell me these horrible things, like my worst fears. And I got the sense that they were feeding off of me somehow. Um, so that was really strange. Uh, so then, um, that was kind of going on the whole time I was in the hospital. So I didn't get to have any of those, you know, out of body experiences that I was having at home because of this negative, uh, dark entity thing that was going on. So I went down for my surgery later that day. And, um, it was so late at night that it was dark and there was only one nurse that was on call, no other patients, but there was a patient being operated on before me. So they were in the other room. Um, and I had an IV in my arm that was removed, but um, the technician uh, didn't put anything over the wound or apply any pressure and then walked away. Um, they were distracted and kind of on their phone. Um, but I was so out of it that um, I, I didn't even really realize what was going on. So uh, then I, I felt this sense of being wet and cold. So I looked down at my arm and I saw that there was blood all over me and it was like pulling onto the floor. And that was when my near-death experience happened. So that's the last thing that I saw. I felt this sucking sensation almost, like this pulling sensation coming from the top of my head. And I felt myself, my real self, my, I guess, soul, um, pop out of my crown, out of my head. And I was then um, on top, like floating above my body. But when I was looking down at the body, it did not feel like me. I mean, I, I knew that I was in that body, but I felt this disconnect from it. Like, it, I, can, I knew it wasn't really my identity. It was just this shell, this vessel. So I didn't even really care what happened to the body. It was very, very strange, um, just super disconnected from it. Um, and I was also aware of, like I was watching what was happening in the room and I saw the the medical staff coming in um, because they, they got the notification of the flat line. Um, my heart stopped and I saw them rushing in and I could feel what they were feeling and I could hear their thoughts. And I remember feeling really compassionate for that nurse who was taking on the responsibility, you know, like they felt really guilty and 
Um, then there was nurses who were angry, confusion, lots of emotions. But the crazy thing is, I was also aware of other people in the hospital and what was going on with them. I could see my mom and dad at home and what they were feeling and thinking. I could see my spouse and my child and what was going on there. So it was like I was like omnipresent and I could perceive everything at once. And that's when I started becoming aware of another presence with me. And I didn't see them, but I could feel them with me. And it felt like, like a friend, like, uh, um, I came to know it as my guide, my spirit guide. And all of a sudden there was this, this flash of light, of white light, but it was so much more than light. It was just the most amazing feeling of um, it was like it was drawing me to it. And I was transported in that moment. I didn't see a tunnel or see my myself traveling to another place. It was just this almost atom bomb of white light. It, it just encompassed everything. And then all of a sudden I was in this other place. Um, the way that I saw it was I knew I was off planet because I, I felt like I was actually in space. Um, like I could see stars and I could see blackness kind of on the out, outer ridges, you know, darkness, but it didn't feel like nothingness. It felt like everythingness. And, um, I saw there was a building. And it was huge building. Um, it was beautiful. It had it was white and it looked like marble. And it had columns. Um, it looked very much like a ancient Greek or Roman kind of architecture. But I remember seeing the side of it, and it looked like it went on forever. You know, it was huge building. Um, and then there was some grass outside and the grass was this vibrant, vibrant green. Um, and there was also this really large tree that was right next to the front entrance of this building. And the tree, the tree felt very significant for some reason. I remember, um, looking at the tree and feeling emotions, feeling like a remembrance. And I don't, I didn't really connect too much into it, but it, there was just this feeling behind it. And it was, I remember it had a white trunk and the leaves were kind of like a magenta. And um, my guide was with me this, this whole time, kind of just over my shoulder. Um, and we were communicating and I would say it's telepathic, but it's faster than that. It's like right when you feel or think something, the other entity can understand it immediately and respond. So it's like faster than the speed of light, the communication. Um, and so I felt drawn to go inside the building 
And I went in and I just kind of floated through. I didn't like open the door or anything like that. I just floated in and I was in this big room. It was a circle, a circular room. And I looked up and it was, um, there was no ceiling. So it was totally open above me. And I could see the cosmos. I could see stars and galaxies. But as I looked up, I felt this presence that I don't know how to put into words. It was this light. Light is the only way that I know to put it into words, but it was so much more than a light. It was it was like I was, um, when I connected in with that being who I believe is source or God, I had this immediate feeling of, gosh, love, of unconditional love, of complete connectedness. And it was like I was snapped into remembering who I really was and that I came from that light and that we all come from that light. And I, I felt so supported and it was like, um, kind of like being in a jacuzzi, you know, like surrounded by warmth and relaxation and supportive, uh, love. I didn't feel any judgment. I just felt acceptance and support and like, a remembrance, um, a familiarity and a, like home. I've never felt home on earth. And so feeling that I went through so many emotions all at once. It was just amazing. Um, and then it was immediately my life review started. And it started with before I was born. So it was pre-birth um, planning. And that, it's it was so, so interesting because um, I, I saw myself with other beings um, that were helping me in some way to plan this life. And I remember there was a prayer that was said from my mom, my earth mom. <laughs> and she was asking God for help. Um, I remember her saying it like, please send me an angel or some someone who can help me because um, she had her hands full with the uh, family. Um, she was feeling so overwhelmed and like she couldn't handle her mission is what it felt like. And I remember feeling like, yes, yes, send me, send me. I'm the one I can do this. I have the skill set, you know. Um, so I also uh, saw the earth and how it would go through these cycles of light and dark or 
in other words, like cycles of expanded consciousness and um, a creation ability. And then there was like these dark periods um, where it was more of like a deep polarity and um, separation. And um, it seemed like each of the time periods were significant and that souls would choose to go through these specific time spaces uh, according to what lessons they needed to learn in order to evolve as souls. Um, and it was very complex. And I'm, I'm honestly still trying to put it together two years later, everything that was shown to me. But um, I remember choosing this time for a reason. And it seemed like there was this opportunity in these times, this time space here that we're in for rapid growth and extreme healing. And it was like an opportunity to break free um, from the cycles that have been building up throughout this dark period. So that was really, really interesting to see. Um, so then I remember um, cho like choosing this specific family lineage as well. Um, and it's like, it's very interesting because I remember them, I remember knowing that it's very, our beings were so multifaceted that um, the DNA lineage carries certain memories and like vibrations throughout the actual DNA and throughout the family line. And then the soul who has that match can go into that body. But trauma and karma um, builds up throughout the DNA lineage, but then also through the souls. So it's like the souls pick the match um, of that genetic line um, in order for them to be able to expand in the way that they need as a soul. So um, I picked a genetic line that was very um, deep into the traumatic experiences. There, there had been a cycle of abuse that had been going on for years and years and years. And I felt like I was the one to break the chain and break the cycle. So after seeing that, um, then I was, um, going through my actual life review and I started out in the womb. <laughs> it was, it's so amazing because you actually, the way that you experience it, it's not like you're watching it, like it's outside of you, but it's like you can see it. And then whatever you focus your consciousness on, you merge in and you can see through that other being um, what exactly what they were feeling, exactly what they were thinking, and even what happened to them in the past that led them to react in that way. So I gained so much insight beyond anything I ever could imagine. Um, I, I started out in the womb, and I remember 
um, feeling what my mom was feeling and I could hear two heartbeats. I felt so loved, so connected, but I just, I found that interesting now thinking back because, um, you know, to think that we're actually conscious as fetuses was really interesting to find out. Um, and then I kind of went through my whole life and, um, it was especially these, it's like we throughout our timeline of life, there's like these nodes, um, that we planned, like these specific events we planned to experience. And I was seeing those especially, um, and given reasons for why they happened. And I was so confused my whole life. Um, and why did I have these relationships with these narcissistic people? And why did they never love me the way I love them? And, you know, I really felt like a victim a lot of my life. And through this life review, I was able to see through those people's eyes and through their experiences and what I was shown, it just made so much sense. Um, so I saw, you know, um, as a child, uh, I did experience abuse and I was able to see what I experienced, but then I was also able to go into my abuser's um, viewpoint and I felt their fear. I felt how they felt so powerless and that they were so desperate to feel that they were in control of something. And I had no idea that 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 person felt that way. I, I felt like I could understand that they had actually gone through trauma themselves and that it was kind of like this cycle that was repeating, you know, and I had this deep compassion and understanding for my abuser because they were also a victim and they they did it looking for a way to um, put a Band-Aid on the way that they were feeling inside. And it was so healing for me to see that. Um, so that was that was kind of amazing. Um, and then I also saw random acts of kindness. So, and I feel like this is one of the most beautiful messages of my experience is that every little thing that we do in our lives, good or bad, is recorded. And when you, you know, through life, you don't necessarily know how you're affecting people. Um, and I think we tend to feel so powerless and, and weak in our lives here. And sometimes I know with me, I had gotten to the point where I felt like, is this even worth it? Is there even a point to all of this? I don't feel like I'm making a difference because I see, I felt like I was supposed to fix people and they were still seemingly broken, even after my interactions. 
But what I was shown in my life review was how I affected each and every soul that I came in contact with. And it was so significant. It was so beautiful. Um, one example that I remember so clearly because it was so shocking was I was working at a coffee shop and this lady came in and being an empath, I can feel when people are off and she just felt so angry and sad. And I don't know, something in me just um, told me to spend a little extra time with this lady um, when I'm getting her coffee. And I looked in her eyes and I remember um, making her smile and interacting with her and um, spending extra time with her. And um, at the time, you know, through my perspective, I thought, well, I'm not really sure if I helped her, but I really hope so. You know, at least I made her smile. So I then saw it from her perspective and she was so miserable in her life. She was at her, the end of her rope and she was treating herself. Um, she was actually in an extreme amount of poverty. So she didn't ever really get to get herself things like coffee, you know, designer coffee. Um, a latte. So she was doing this special thing for herself because she had planned to take her own life later. And um, I remember she was thinking in her mind that, that no one even sees me. I'm invisible. You know, I, I, I'm invisible. Look how they don't even notice me. And then she walked up to the counter and I lit up and I connected with her and she was shocked. She thought, oh my gosh, she, why is she paying attention to me? You know, it was like, I don't know, just someone looking in her eyes and treating her like she mattered. Like, you know, she could tell that it wasn't just superficial and the interaction touched her and she ended up surviving and it was just all she really needed was for someone to see her, you know, and recognize her as a soul. And during the interaction, she was resisting me the whole time. You know, she was, you know, trying to it was like a defense mechanism, though. And that's what I learned um, during my life review that so much of the time that people are lashing out and acting abusive it comes from a place of fear and deep separation and a feeling of being unworthy. And I could see throughout all these many interactions I've had in my life that that was a common theme with people that I chose to have relationships with. And um, so another example was um, my ex-husband um, he was very, a very abusive person and, um, you know, would be labeled a narcissist because he, what I like to say instead though, is service to self. So it was, you know, that's kind of the dynamic that we had. Um, and I always felt like 
a failure because I couldn't rescue him from this state. But I didn't really know why he was the way he was because he wouldn't open up to anyone. So I got to see what went into um, the why he was the way he was. And it what I saw was he well he was an atheist and um he really he really felt like there was no purpose in life and he felt like extremely annoyed with me because i was always trying to um bring up concepts like metaphysical paranormal things like that and um he had always like that was one of the biggest things that he would make fun of me about and resist. And, um, <clears throat> that was actually what made me kind of move into being more of agnostic, you know? And I was like, well, maybe you're right because he was so good at arguing and proving his points and, you know, making me feel stupid that I was, I just kind of gave in. But then during the life review, I could see how much he wanted it to be true, but that he was so hurt and, his his mother had actually shamed him as a child for believing, you know, believe, wanting to believe in Santa specifically. So it was like he was crushed as a child. And, um, you know, he went into the shell and he didn't see a reason to um, want to to help other people because no one ever helped him, you know, um, Anyway, I could see and feel everything that he felt. And he actually felt so much guilt for the way that he was acting. And um, the most amazing part was that I also see saw his future. And he, from his interactions with me and my forgiveness and unconditional love, he was able to move on to have healthy relationship and he was actually healed in some way by his marriage with me even though in my viewpoint it was horrible there were these main things that he needed to feel and I filled that void so that was really cool to see and it's it's amazing because it was also symbiotic it wasn't just me giving the unconditional love that they needed but it was also them teaching me how to love myself and how to set healthy boundaries because I would tend to be such an optimist that I would only look at the positive and whatever I was afraid of or that I didn't like, I just stuffed it down and refused to look at it. And so also during my life review, they showed me that and they showed me how every time I pushed down my emotions and I didn't process the experience, it went into my cells, my physical body and manifested illness. And so that was an explanation for my chronic ailments was my um, refusal to look at things that I didn't, that maybe hurt me, you know, and, and I had blamed myself and felt that it was my responsibility, um, to change people. And I felt like a failure and I kind of believed the things that 
were told to me. Um, and I lost myself in that. And my body was actually trying to tell me um, physically because I wouldn't listen to, to my emotional body. So I feel like it was so beautiful for me to see that by someone, you know, seemingly abusing me, they were also helping me because of the strength I gained from that experience and the realization that I actually do have to look at um, the negative and the positive and integrate it. Um, so that was part of my lesson as a soul as well. Um, so it was just amazing to see uh, all the different interactions that we have and how significant everything truly is. Um, and and so I saw my whole life and um, and then it got to the point that I was at. And I was presented with a choice. And at first, I really didn't want to go back, honestly. I felt like I was in kind of like um, an in-between place. Like if I were to decide to not go back to Earth, I would have gone somewhere else. But in order to make my decision, I was shown multiple timelines. One of them was what would happen if I came back. One of them was what would happen if I died. And it was so intense. I saw my child weeping and my spouse and how the my the them losing me created um instead of it bringing them together it pulled them apart because they were blaming each other and arguing and confused and they were lost without me and i saw my parents and my sister and you know she was in a really really dark place and um I, I got to see what would happen with her and her family and her kids if I didn't come back. Um, and I felt it all. It was as if it was really happening. And I was watching it from above. And then I saw what would happen if I came back and stepped into my true purpose. And so it was no contest for me. It was crazy because a lot of the things that I saw about what would happen if I came back seemed really outside of my comfort zone. So I was surprised to see it, but it's actually come true. So that's something that I found so amazing and confirming. You know, I saw myself teaching what I had learned. I saw myself helping strangers and um, putting my story out there. I saw the most important part of all though, why I needed to go back was because I hadn't truly forgiven the people who needed my forgiveness. Because for me to forgive them without them even being sorry, um, that would actually change 
their whole trajectory of their life because that's what they really needed more than anything because they felt so guilty and unworthy of love that me having the opportunity to come back and just shower them with unconditional love and forgiveness because I was able to see why why my father, you know, ignored me my whole life and didn't want anything to do with me. And, you know, I could see that it was based in fear and it was based on his own experiences as a child. And I, I forgave him and love him fully now, just completely dissolving all of that um, negative emotion that had built up between us. And, you know, my, a couple of my abusers, I have actually taken under my wing since I've been back and helped them to understand their blockages and why they're not allowing themselves to feel love. And it all, so much of this is rooted in lack of self-love and connection to their soul and who they really are. And it's like, we're all so connected that something that happens to another person affects hundreds of others. And in fact, all of us, it's like, we're all part of this collective consciousness and we're all cells in the body of God. So everything that is happening to one is happening to the all. I could see that so clearly during this life review and it was just the most profound experience. Ren, thank you for sharing your experience with us. Before your NDE, were you a religious or a spiritual person? Yeah. When I was little, um, before the age of 12, I went to Catholic church on, um, Christmas <laughs> Uh, so like once a year, but I didn't know anything about the religion. Um, I just really enjoyed the songs and the vibrations of the place. But um, other than that, no, I would say spiritual. Um, I was very into paranormal. Um, I had I grew up in a haunted house, so I had a lot of uh, paranormal experiences. So I couldn't ignore that there was more than the 3D reality, the physical but um, after the years of abuse and um, especially in the one relationship with the atheist that made me feel so stupid, um, I kind of moved more into, well, I guess I don't really know. So I can't, you know, more of an agnostic kind of point of view where I just maybe it exists, maybe it doesn't. I'm not really sure type of mentality. You mentioned that. Before your NDE, you were working in the coffee shop and you were an empath. Can you tell us more about being an empath? Yes. So basically, um, I've always been able to feel what other people are feeling. and um, But not to the degree that I did in my um, life review, of course. But yeah, the way that people... Uh, feel inside, I, you can sense it and it affects you. You know, um, I also, I've had contact with deceased loved ones. Um, I've always been the one who would speak at funerals 
because I would channel messages from the person who passed. I didn't know I was doing that, but I would sit down and think about what I wanted to say and kind of uh, trance out a little bit, you know, and then the words would just come and I didn't know where they came from. So um, I don't know if that is an empath, but I definitely did that. Um, And I could definitely, when I went into places, I could feel the energy signature. What I like about your experience is you are another person seeing the Roman structures. So it's nice to get another confirmation of that. Oh, see, the crazy thing for me is that I haven't listened to that many other NDEs. So I actually didn't know that that was something that other people saw. That is amazing. Not everybody does, but quite a few people do. And a lot of people will call that the Akashic Records or the place where they hold the Akashic Records. Some people will kind of see books or things on the wall. Obviously, I haven't been there, so I don't know exactly what it looks like. But again, you're another person who describes it as Roman. I don't know if you said columns or not. but Yes. And was it white? Mm-hmm. Right. So apparently this place where you can either get life reviews and or review the records is in some type of Romanesque architectural building. Yes. Oh, that's so, so amazing. The crazy thing is, too, I can still go back. Um, Since I've been back in my body, I never lost that connection, which is so surprising and amazing. During your life review, you said that you saw your spouse's future. And it appeared to me that you already saw his future without you in a new relationship. Is that true? And do you think that's part of why you ended up getting divorced after your NDE? So I actually, um, that was about someone I've already been divorced with. I, this, um, the one that the spouse I'm with now, um, I, I only saw what would happen if I died and they did not move on. Um, she was totally stuck in obsessing about me and feeling like it was like she should have done something different. It was her fault. Um, the one that I was divorced from, I did see that he moved on and had this super healthy, well, maybe not super healthy, but way healthier, um, normal relationship where he was actually being able to give of himself. So that was, that was really cool. I'm glad you cleared that up because I didn't realize that was an ex-spouse. Yep. (laughs) What do you think your true purpose is? I believe my purpose is unconditional love and forgiveness. I feel like that's the most important thing that exists is for us to remember what that feels like and who we really are and how connected we are. So I think part of my purpose is to just unconditionally love everyone who's in need of it, but also to spark a remembrance in them that they too are worthy and capable of 
such a vast amount of love and compassion. You said that you felt like if you didn't want to go to Earth, you could go on to somewhere else. Do you have an idea of where else you could go? Well, I felt like if I were to move on, I would have rejoined that light that was coming through. Like, I, I felt like I could go home if I wanted to. But I definitely also, during the pre-life um, planning, I definitely felt like I could have gone to other planets as well. Um, I remember specifically choosing to focus on Earth, but that I had focused on other planets before. Do you recall anything about those planets? Not from my life review, but um, since I've been back, I've been able to access Akashic Records. Um, so I've, I've definitely seen past lives in other solar systems, other galaxies, um, but not during the NDE experience. When you seen these past lives, were you still humid or were you something else? Something else. Um, for myself, I, I've only really um, seen myself as something besides human other than now. Um, I saw myself as a more of a non-physical entity. Um, and definitely there were other places that have completely different lessons and things that we can learn and do. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely feel like this is the most dense and physical reality that I've experienced. Have you ever seen yourself like, you know, like a blue being or a half animal, half human being or anything like that? I have seen myself as um, the one of the more humanoid beings that I saw was I had like really long white hair um, and huge eyes. And I had like this hooded robe on um, and I had a staff in my hand, I remember. Um, but I also didn't look completely solid. So that was interesting. Um, I have actually seen myself as a blue being as well. So it's really interesting that you asked that, um, which the way that I saw it was, um, again, not really solid, but it was like this indigo blue skin um, and large eyes. Um, I had a smaller mouth and... It's interesting because it almost feel, felt like I could choose the way that I appeared, um, but definitely the blue skin and like a larger head. You spoke about forgiving people once you came back. Do you, do you feel like you need to forgive them and say something to them directly in person, even though they didn't admit any wrongdoing or just the act of mentally forgiving them is enough? I feel that in some cases, mentally forgiving them would be enough. 
But in other cases, I've shown my forgiveness by being of service to them and being compassionate towards them. So um, like with my family members, I felt that it was it was really important that I just act like I forgive them. So I didn't necessarily say the words, I forgive you, but the way that I interact with them, I was completely open while before I was closed off. I opened myself up so that we could have a new relationship, a new start. What kind of changes did you see in them after that? Oh my gosh, it's been amazing. Um, One of my family members that was uh, kind of probably the most um, heavily abusive towards me, um, me forgiving that person has completely shifted their life because deep inside they they really were longing for a relationship with me um and so the changes i've seen are everyone that i talk to in my family are are now opening up to the possibilities that they're that what i'm saying is real so it's like just for me even telling my story it affects so many people um they they're opening up to uh you know spiritual things like they're they're opening up to letting me heal them um energetically um i i learned reiki healing after i came back so i they're allowing me to do that when before you know they were very kind of scientific and um very mental uh, a lot of the people that i interacted with so i'm just like full on out there with my spirituality now and i'm not hiding it or holding anything back and i'm blown away at how open minded they actually are so i've seen i've seen them be so much more happy i've seen them turning off the news getting out into nature, um, interacting with their children more, um, feeling more of a sense of joy and connection to each other. So it's been pretty remarkable. I mean, huge transformations. If there's one lesson that you could narrow it down to, what do you think is the most important lesson that you learned from your NDE? that what we do really matters that every single act of kindness especially has a ripple effect that can change the world do you fear death at all no i don't i have no fear of death at all the only thing that i you know i don't want to go now because I feel like I want to stay and complete my mission. But whenever I do pass, I know that that reality is so much more real than this. So I know I'll just be returning to my real self again and bringing that knowledge back and that we are all able to see each other again and communicate. That was made very clear to me that we do we do move on 
And that's who we really are. And this is all a game almost, but a game that really matters. Since you said the other side is more real, would you say this is dreamlike? <laughs> yes, I would say exactly. I would say this is more the dream of our consciousness so that we can have scenarios and situations that we can learn and evolve from and then take that knowledge back to the whole. I would def that's definitely the way I see life now. If you can put into comparison the other side, this life, and then your sleeping dreams, how would you compare the, the three of them adding in the dreams? That's a really interesting question. I've thought about that too. Um, I feel that sometimes in the dream state, I feel like I have some very significant interactions um, other times it feels like more of a construct of my consciousness, helping me understand a concept or an interaction that happened in my life. But other times I feel like it's something different. Um, so I think it can be both with dream time. Um, but for me, it feels more real than the physical life. Dream time feels more real. Would you say that Sometimes during your dreams, you're astral traveling. Yeah, I definitely feel that. Definitely. You went through your entire life review. So do you feel like while you were over there, you were, you were there for like years? Yes. Yes. I felt like I was there for a whole lifetime. I just experienced everything. It's, it's really interesting because when I left my body, I left time. So it's like how long I was actually physically gone, I'm not sure. But for me, it felt like it could have been forever. During your pre-birth planning, did you happen to see any life events that you planned out and that actually came true? Yes. I had planned out some of the major um, illnesses I had had. I had already had like six surgeries prior to my NDE, and some of those were pre-planned, um, and they were in order to have the people around me, the people I had relationships with, to give them the ability to step into the caregiver role and to be service to another, to have that experience because it's something that um, didn't come natural to them. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you up for that? Yes, absolutely. They can email me. I would love to help them in any way to understand this. All right. What is your email address? It's a higher perspective, the number three at gmail.com. And my website is a dash higher dash perspective.com. Now, you also have a YouTube channel. What kind of content do you post there? So, I posted um, a rendition of my near death experience, and I've been sharing. Um, basically different things that I've learned since the NDE and during the NDE. 
Um, so metaphysical things, um, spiritual things like that. Is your channel also called a higher perspective? It is. What do you have on your website? I offer services. I offer readings, um, Akashic records, readings and energy healing. Before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? You matter so much. This life that you're living is difficult, but the amount of knowledge and experience that you're gaining here is so significant to your soul. We are all so connected and everything that you do to help someone else, it might actually change their entire life. Just because you don't see the effect, the effects that you're having on others right away, or even any kind of physical reward for your goodness, please keep being you. Keep loving others and keep going out of your way to be of service to another, because I can tell you it does matter. It does make a difference. Ren, thank you for that message, and thank you again for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara Podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the Join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.